Um, okay, we're going to continue our um, sermon series in Exodus. We're, we're going through the Ten Commandments. We're in Exodus 20. Uh, so if you have a Bible, we are going to be looking mainly at Exodus 20, 8 through 11, and also a complementary text of Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verses uh, 12 through 15. Uh, you know, we're, we're covering the Sabbath commandment today. And um, I, there's a lot of confusion around this one. When I was, uh, I had just been a Christian for a couple of years and I was a teenager and I got a job at a Christian bookstore. I was like, this will be great. And, uh, you know, they were like, oh, well, you're going to have to work the Sunday shift. And I was like, I was like, but aren't we not supposed to work on Sunday? And the, the manager gave me a knowing look. He said, Matt, there's something called grace. Like, <laughs> like, okay, grace seems to work out for you because you don't work on Sunday. I have to cover it. Uh, and then, then other people, you know, would be like, well, if you're, if, you're, if you're doing anything except breathing in the dark on Sunday... Uh, you're for sure going to hell, you know. Um, and so there's just a lot of confusion around this commandment. And my hope today is that um, as we go through it, we'll, we'll see, we'll have some of that confusion cleared up and also see like, hey, we don't need to be nervous about this one, that this is actually a great blessing. Let, let's pray before we begin. God, I pray that as we study about and hear about from your word about your guidance and how we're to live, that we would be blessed by it, that we would have ears to hear, hearts to be receptive, and that we would see how badly we need this. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, okay, this is, I've chose a very nerdy example here. It, it's nerdy, all right? So I'm just going to preface that. During the French Revolution, see? Yeah, Woo, doesn't get nerdier than that. Uh, unless I were to say the Hebertists during the French Revolution. That's uh, another level of nerd. Uh, but there was actually a project. They, one of the things that the revolutionaries were trying to do was disinstall Christianity from France. Um, and they, they, there was some low-hanging fruit there. Uh, for instance, execute the clergy. They did that. Um, they, they closed churches and repurposed them to worship divine reason. They, literally, they would have services to uh, rationality. But there was a guy uh, named Gilbert Rome, uh, among others, who had an idea because, uh, you know, they saw how the rhythm of a week and how people were so in the habit of the church calendar. Um, so they, they came up with a whole new, the Republican calendar instead of the church calendar. So, so obviously they didn't celebrate any more Christian holidays, but, uh, you know, even the saints' days, because they were, they were Catholic, they replaced it with, like, instead of contemplating a saint, uh, you contemplated, like, like, farming equipment or something like that. Uh, interestingly, Gilbert Rome himself was uh, executed on Lettuce Day. So. But one of the main things that they did was they got rid of the seven-day week. They actually instituted an eight-day week, and they got rid of the Sabbath day because they said, look, if people have this day of rest, it's going to automatically, they're going to automatically say, oh, I worship God this day, right? Like this is set aside. And so part of how they were going to de-install the Christian faith was through disrupting this day of rest. 
probably don't reflect very often on how spiritual a calendar is. But it is. Did you ever notice that the fourth commandment gets a lot more words than the murder commandment? The murder commandment is two words, no murder. This gets like three whole verses and it comes before. What could be so important? You know, uh, the, 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 the revolutionaries in France, they, they tried to take away the Sabbath day. We're a little different. We've just given it up of our own accord, right? We, we have boundless work. It used to be that there was a natural rhythm to work and rest because the number one job in world history is farmer, right? And when the sun goes down, you're done working. And when it's winter, you can't grow crops. There was a built-in rhythm. Even if you were one of the people who were like, you know, copying books or something like that, you had a non-farming job, the sun going down was still a hard stop on that sort of work. But something happened. Electric lights happened. Gas lights happened first. But, you know, electric lights where we can simulate daytime indoors and keep working. Like, literally, my office space has 24-hour access. I could go there at 2 in the morning and work if I wanted. The other thing, of course, is that for, for a long time, you know, if you were at the office, you could work, and it was really hard to work from home because everything was at the office. But now, now we have these labor-saving devices called computers and the Internet, and, and, and it makes things so much more chill, right? No, now... Now you're like, it's, you're laying down in bed whenever you lay down in bed and it's late. You're like, oh, I have to send an email. And there you are in bed sending an email when you would ordinarily be sleeping, right? Work has become boundless. But not only has, has work become boundless, consumption, commercial activity has become boundless. Has anyone ever bought a pair of something while you're laying in bed and you should be sleeping, you're like, I can't sleep, I'll shop. It'll be here in the morning. <laughs> Used to be you had to go to the store. Now we shop whenever. Times where, you know, ordinarily you'd be resting. You wouldn't be looking, you know, scrolling and scrolling through whatever they have at Target. Oh, that's on sale. I probably need that. Target has tentacles now that reach out into your home. And not only that, something's happened more recently that even further takes away from time we would ordinarily be resting, shut down, and quiet. And that's the, the incessant, twitchy chatter of social media. You know? How you're like, I'm not doing anything, now I am. <laughs> scroll, 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 scroll. And you're attention is being pulled this way, then that, then this way, then that, every couple of seconds, right? And so what would normally be a quiet time is now filled up with this buzzy sort of chatter. And not only that, a lot of us, a lot of you guys who I know, you feel guilty if you do rest. You're like, I could be accomplishing something. You know, like, I need to pick up shifts so I can make more money. 
And, and if I don't, I'm going to end up like poor and alone. Or you're like, hey, maybe I don't do shift work, but this is a whole day. This is a whole period. I'm not getting anything done. This is dead space. I'm not making forward progress. I'm going to end up poor and alone. Right? Like, right? <laughs> We're all freaking out about this stuff. We, we fill up our lives with busyness and work. And when we're not doing that, we consume. And when we're not doing that, we have chatter. And there's no quiet space in our lives. We forget to rest. What's the, what's the, some of you guys are getting real stressed out right now, by the way. So you're just the people I want to talk to. Because you recognize for yourselves and what I'm saying. Your work has become boundless. You're maxed out. Your calendar is just thick. It's just, there's no spaces in it, you know? You're stressed out, too busy for anything, too busy for community, too busy to take care of yourself. You feel guilty if you shut it down. You feel guilty if you actually set aside rest. But you know what? God says right here in the, it makes the 10 commandments to remember rest. Let's look at the commandment real quick. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 and following. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Already said that, saying it again, just in case you didn't hear it. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, my female servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God calls us to remember a day of rest. Why? Why does this come before murder? Why does it get a lot more space than adultery? What is so essential? Well, I'm going to need you guys to pay pay some close attention because I'm going to ask you to hold two things in your mind at once, okay? The Sabbath day actually maps onto the big picture story of the Bible. So if we look at the Bible from 20,000 feet, there's four parts to it, okay? I have a little chart for you. Isn't that nice? Isn't that friendly? Isn't that less scary? Okay, it's creation, fall, redemption, restoration, Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation, that's the first two uh, chapters of the Bible. We see God makes all things good. Okay, we got that? First two chapters of the Bible. But then the fall happens in chapter three of the Bible, where the first man and woman rebel against God. And instead of walking in the blessing that God intended for them, they now carry curse. Right? Like, the world that we live in cannot be explained without the fall. Because if you think about it, everything fallen in the world comes from us. Nothing fallen about the Rocky Mountains or a grizzly bear. It, it's, it's what we do. Okay? From chapter 3 of the Bible all the way through the, until the last two chapters is God's redemption. God working through Abraham and Moses and David, and the prophets, and the rest of it, reaching the most important page of the Bible, which is Jesus, the Redeemer. 
right? And then the last two chapters of the Bible, what do we see? We see the new heavens and the new earth. We see the restoration of the way things were supposed to be in the beginning. Are we all good? We all following this? All right. First two chapters, last two chapters, the way it should have been, the way it will be, everything in the middle is God working to redeem. Working to undo the effects of sin. The Sabbath follows, falls exactly into this pattern. Let's look real quick. First of all, rest is part of creation. It's part of creation. When we look uh, right here at Exodus 8 through 11, what does it say in verse 11? Why? It says, because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them. What's that, what's that talking about? Creation. When God made the world, it says he rested on the seventh day and he blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Rest is built into creation. It's part of creation's design. If there never had been a fall, there would still be a Sabbath. You don't need the murder commandment if there's no fall, right? But the Sabbath would still be something we would be observing even if we never fell. It is built into creation and therefore it's built into us. It's, it's, it's part of our design. I don't know if um, I'm going to just see the guilty faces here. Has anyone ever been using a power tool that you didn't charge? And then when it runs out of battery, you get mad at it? Stupid thing. Ran out of battery. Yeah, you have, Mike. Uh-huh. I see that. I see that nod. Kevin, don't look the other way. I know it's you. <laughs> I've done it. But think about this. This, it, part of its design as a power tool is it needs to be recharged. Using it without recharging is against its design. Thinking that you are going to grind yourself into powder by not resting ever. You're going to maximize your productivity and your profitability by working every opportunity you have with no rest is against how you're made. You're going to burn out. It's not sustainable. And it's not something wrong with you. It's not that you're not hardworking. It's how God made you. Rest is built right into creation. Some of you guys really need to hear that. Because some of you guys feel guilty if you rest. And conversely, some of you guys feel proud when you don't rest. I work seven days a week. It's not something to be proud of. You're going against God's design and creation. But something happened to work, right? Like work was part of creation too. God gave Adam a job to tend the garden. But then the fall happens. And when we look at work throughout world history, it's not always such a blessing. Work becomes cursed. I was listening to a, a program on the Suez Canal the other day. You guys know what the Suez Canal is, right? Super important. You should look it up. So it was a engineering miracle of sorts, right? Just through the desert, they made this huge trench. It opened in um, 1869, right? It, it was this huge engineering feat, visionary and all that. But then you hear about how they made it. 
It's in Egypt. They enslaved one and a half million Egyptians in order to build it. They gave them no food. They gave them very little water. They didn't give them shelter. As many as 120,000 Egyptians died making that canal. I can think of that. Think of how perverse that is. When we look around the world, like, like a lot of us are very blessed with our jobs and love our jobs, right? I love my job. A lot of you guys have amazing jobs. It sounds so cool. But it's not true for a lot of people. If we just take a tour around the world right now, the number one job in the world is still dollar-a-day farmer. If we were to look you know, down the supply chain of where batteries come from, you know, these, these gigantic hellscape poisonous fume mines, like work is not a blessing to everybody. This is one of the reasons we see that rest is so essential because not only is rest part of creation, it's a tool of God's redemption. When, when our first parents sinned against God, there was actually a curse pronounced on work. I'm going to read to you. We actually have it uh, from Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. This is what God says to Adam. He says, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So Adam's job was working the ground, grow plants from the ground. What does God say? You're still going to grow plants from the ground. Work is still there. You'll eat. He says, now by the sweat of your brow. Instead of growing the good things for you, it's going to grow thorns and thistles. This is true across the board. No matter how much you love your job, it's never quite, it's never quite what you think it should be. There's always frustration there, you know? And, and in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, uh, it, it, like with dollar-a-day farmers and, and a lot of other uh, uh, jobs around the world, um, it, it's not a blessing at all. It's something that you do not to starve. And that's it. I'm not talking about, like, find my calling, right? It's like, don't starve. So rest is relief from the curse of work. That God, God commands this day of rest means that, that that cursed work, even though it's a blessing in so many cases, you also need relief from it. But also, and this is really important, rest, the Sabbath day is relief from oppression, Okay. Did you notice that, that uh, going through the Exodus uh, commandment here, it's, it, it's, it's specified. Like, you don't work. Your kids don't work. Your wife doesn't work. Your servants don't work. Your animals don't work. We can see actually elsewhere in the Old Testament law, there's supposed to be years where the land doesn't work, where the land is given rest. But there's, um, you may not know this, but there's another listing of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5. We're going to uh, flip there real quick. Deuteronomy 5, verse 12. It says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant, right, same thing, or your ox or your donkey, 
or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, right? That would be a, a immigrant, a poor and powerless person who, who didn't have the same rights in the society, they're not to work. That your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember what? That you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So there's a recognition that work can be used in oppressive ways. And that for even those who are at the bottom of society, even the poor and the powerless, they get relief too. Unlike when they were in, the Israelites were in Egypt, slaves work every day, right? You're not to, be, you're not to treat the, the poorest people in your society the way you were treated in Egypt. Rest is not only relief from the curse on work, it's also relief from oppression, but also rest is redemptive because it's an act of faith. If we were to flip back a couple of pages in the book of Exodus, when they're going through the wilderness and God is providing them fresh manna each day. And then he says, and on this day, rest. He actually had them observing the Sabbath before the giving of the law. And he says, don't collect manna that day. And what did the people keep doing? They kept on going out to try to collect manna. Right? Because they're scared. Where's, where's tomorrow going to come from? I need to save up as much as I can. I, need, I, need to, I, need to, I can't take a day of rest. Right? I'll end up, how? Poor and alone. I'll starve. And so rest is an act of faith. It's saying, hey, I feel like I don't have enough time to get all this stuff done. I feel like if I don't pick up these shifts, I'm not going to have enough money. To rest is a practical act of faith to say, I'm going to honor God and believe he's going to provide what I need. So rest is not only built into creation, it's also a tool of redemption. So remember the, remember the chart? How are we doing? Creation, fall, redemption, and then lastly, rest. It looks back to what Jesus did and forward to restoration. Okay? Uh, Deuteronomy 5.15, I'm just going to, we just read it, but he says, you know, remember, remember that I delivered you out of Egypt. It's looking back to their redemption, but we're also told in, um, in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we are told, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. This is talking about looking back to how Christ died for us, saves us, so that it's not our works that save us, and, and, and that being in Christ is resting from attempting to save yourselves. And also, there's a rest that is coming. There is this return of Christ when, when creation is restored. I think of it like this. When, when we're resting... We are living as if the future kingdom of God is now, right? We're entering into God's peace in a small way now. It, it, okay, this might be too much. But like, have you ever been like at a dance party, wedding, something like that? And it's not this new computer DJ, but someone who has the ones and twos, you know? Like, like one song is playing and then another song comes in. You know, that used to happen. Now it's, now it's on a computer just clicking. You know, there used to be skill to fading it in. 
I myself uh, DJed a couple of times. That's one of the ways I first connected with Sharon. My uh, DJ name was DJ Tanner. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, the record you're playing is at one tempo. It's all boom. And then another one's coming in, and if you do it wrong, it's like a different tempo. So it's like, and this one's like, and it's like they play at the same time, and you're like, ah, which one do I dance to? This, you know? So that's kind of the situation that we're in. When Christ came, he began the kingdom. But there's also this age from before the kingdom still going. So we're in this time when both songs play at the same time, and part of our job as the people of God is to dance to the song coming in, not the one going out. Does that make sense? Like, we're to model kingdom life, the, the age that's coming. And part of that is the rest of God, the, the redemption, right? And so, so for us to observe rest, it looks forward to this, this last time in history when God is going to restore all things. So why do we need to remember to rest? It it tells the story of the gospel, right? It's built into creation. It's a tool of redemption, and it it points forward to the restoration. Now, what does it mean to do this? Like, how are we to observe it? With with all of the Ten Commandments, we've been thinking about them using this dartboard analogy, okay? Now, first of all, the Ten Commandments are not ten things we do to get saved, Jesus did it for us. Okay, we are saved through what Christ has done. This is God's instruction on how to live a life of love. And so when, when, when you throw a dart at a board, at least what I do, if you hit the bullseye, you're like, yay! But I don't, I've never hit the bullseye on purpose, right? It's all, it's all luck. Um, but if I, if I just hit the board, I'm super happy with that shot. Um, but if I hit the wall, I'm, I'm like, that's a miss. The Ten Commandments are the same. It's not, this, it's not this like all or nothing at all. You either do it perfect or you're like, you've completely broken it. Instead, we want to get as close as we can to fulfilling it. But if we're on the board and keeping it, like, like, like we, our aspiration is love, but we'll, we'll say at least repent of breaking it, Right? Okay, so what does it mean to break the Sabbath? What's the miss? Well, very simply, it's to to do what you do for a living on the day of rest. That's one thing. And there's a lot of but whatabouts here. Okay? Um, But what about, uh, like, Jesus? Didn't he disregard the Sabbath? Has anybody ever heard that? Jesus broke the Sabbath? Didn't care about the Sabbath? Anyone ever heard that? Okay. Jesus never broke the Sabbath. Fake news. (laughs) All right. What Jesus broke is is the Pharisees' rules. Okay, so the Pharisees were this group who they didn't just, like, obey the law, but they made ten laws that are like a fence around God's law. And that's what Jesus broke, and that's what they accused Jesus of breaking, because he did, because that's not God's law. That's man's law. Jesus never broke the Sabbath. Okay. Um, and then, you know, here's another one, like, like, what, like what my store manager said to me. It's like, well, what about grace? Like, Jesus fulfilled the law. Therefore, we don't have to observe the Sabbath. Anyone ever heard that? 
Like Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus is your rest. Therefore, go ahead and work. Anyone ever heard that? I've heard that like a bunch. I actually had a pastor tell me that because he was working seven days a week. I was like, well, what about like a day of rest? You know, I'm not saying it has to be Sunday. Spirit of the law, you know, like one in seven, rest, shut it down. And he said, well, Jesus is my rest. I was like, well, let's try that with the other commandments. Like Jesus is the one who like truly valued the image of God and all human beings. Therefore, I can murder somebody. Uh, You know, Jesus is faithful to the bride of Christ, whatever. I don't know how you want to say it. Therefore, I could commit adultery. Jesus truly loved God with all his heart. Therefore, I could worship other. Does that work? No, it doesn't work, does it? It's only the Sabbath that gets treated that way. Um, So I don't think that's a very good uh, way to understand um, the Bible. Now, another, but what about is like, well, do I just have to sit in a dark room and breathe and not so sure about the breathing, right? Like, is recreation okay? Because some some traditions are like, hey, if you play soccer or you go for a hike, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a nerve with Corey over here. He's like, oh, tell me about it. All right, so remember who this was addressed to. What, what was their life like before the Exodus? What were they? They were slaves. And the, these were not like the reading, writing type of slaves. They were brick-making, mining slaves. Hard, back-breaking physical labor. Has anyone ever done back-breaking physical labor for their job? Right? Like, yeah. Like, you demo houses for a week. Like, I was swinging a sledgehammer. And that day of rest, I was like, oh, yes, just let me lay down. I don't want to do anything but sit in a dark room and breathe, right? To say to these folks who, who travel in the desert for their living now, and before we're doing backbreaking labor, take a day off, do nothing. Nobody does anything. They're like, oh, what a good God, you know? And so for a lot of us, we have much more sedentary jobs. And a, a day of rest, it makes sense. Get up and move your body right? Like do something active. Now you're like, okay, great. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to build a shed. It's like, probably not. That's probably not in the, in the spirit of the law, right? Um, now uh, there's also another important, but what about, well, what if you have like a job that that's considered a deed of necessity, right? You're a, a police officer, ambulance person, Um, uh, a medical professional, something like that. You really don't control when you work and somebody actually really does have to be on duty. Well, that, that is, that is okay too. But we, we still, you know, if we want to keep the, the fourth commandment is to be intentional about having one day in seven where you are shutting it down and you are uh, resting Another way to break the Sabbath is, is just to, like, all right, this is going to sound funny. Um, like, you know that if you're a parent, there's no days off. There's no such thing. Yes. But there's a, there's a huge difference between, like, I'm parenting, taking my kids to a playground versus Trader Joe's. You know? <laughs> there's a huge difference. And so I don't want to be a legalist. I don't want to be, like, ticky-tack and whatnot. But if we can avoid running those sorts of errands and set this side day aside uh, for God, I, I, that is that is that is, you know, doing non-essential chores and that sort of thing um, would be breaking the Sabbath. And 
And again, I don't want to be ticky-tack here. This is, don't hear this as like, this is the word of God, but like this is, I've reflected deeply on this. Social media and sort of that endless distraction stream. I think it's wisest to shut it down. Well, period. But, but especially on a day of rest because, you know, all other things, like you did all this work to, to get ready for the Sabbath and then you could just wreck it by, you know, Andrew Tate coming across your feet or something. You're like, why did I do that to myself? Exactly. Don't do it to yourself. Okay, so that's missing. That's breaking the Sabbath. What does it mean to hit the board to keep it? Well, it's to not work. It's, it's, it's to not run non-essential uh, chores and errands and to be intentional about setting aside a day of rest. This is a little harder than it sounds because you got to be ready. You got you to get those chores and errands done another day, right? You have to plan ahead a bit if you're going to uh, be intentional about resting that day. Now, if you, if you need a little help of like what you could do instead, well, what do I do if I'm not on social media? I made a quick list. You could listen to a whole album with attention. Now, obviously, this is my interests. You could call your mom. Your mom would like that. You could climb a rock. You could watch a squirrel fight. It's free entertainment right in your backyard. You could bake some scones. You could garden. Um, you could take a dog for a walk. If you don't have a dog, you can borrow mine. <laughs> you can watch running water, not your faucet, but like a stream. Okay? You can look at clouds. Um, you could read a paper book. Recommend a paper book. You could take kids to a playground. Again, if you don't have kids, you can borrow mine. If you play an instrument, play an instrument. Get your instrument out. Spend some time with it. Learn some Beatles tunes. You could read poetry out loud. Again, these are my interests, but you can make your own list. It takes a little intentionality to keep the Sabbath. And then the bullseye. What does it look like to fulfill the Sabbath? It's to, it's to fill the Sabbath. You don't just hold it aside to not work, but you fill it intentionally with worship, with restorative activities. Fill it with community. Fill it with silence. Like... Plan some silence in your Sabbath day. When's the last time you did that? Do you think you can? <laughs> right? You start twitching. Like everything turned off, no TV, no anything, just you listening for God in the silence. Some of you guys are getting stressed out by that. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, we're out of practice because we have this constant barrage of chatter. Look, th this is something... The observance of this commandment, right? Like, like in my early Christian life, I, I was like, well, I guess you don't have to. I guess you could just work or whatever. But there was a time where it became, like, essential. <laughs> when I was in seminary, um, so I did, uh, I, 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 I did not, I did not take a very wise track. It's a four-year degree, 105 credit hours, uh, I, through financial necessity, I did it in two years, nine months. Yeah. And our professor one day said, look, we are going to give you way more than you could possibly do. You've got to choose what you're not going to turn in and take a hit to your grade for it. 
if you are married or if you're a father and you do everything, you're actually being unfaithful. Right? And, and they were true to their word. They gave us way too much. And at first, I was just trying to grind it out every day, like every waking moment working on seminary stuff. And, and, and we were just cracking under the strain of this. And so at a certain point, you know, we just said, look, we've got to, I'm in seminary. I'm not observing the Sabbath. This is ridiculous. So we said, all right, every day after 9 p.m., like we're just, it's just family time, like no more work. And every, every, you know, one day in seven, we're setting aside and not doing it. It was this act of faith, right? Because I was so afraid I would fail. But amazingly, God always provided enough time. Observing Sabbath is not about a bunch of, like, you better nots or you better. It's God inviting us into to live how he designed us, right? Sabbath is built into creation. It's a tool of God's redemption. And it points forward to our final uh, restoration in Christ. It's not trying to rain on your parade. It's not trying to give you another difficult, odious thing to do. It's inviting you to lay down your stress. It's inviting you to trust God. It's inviting you to, to a flourishing path. Please pray with me. God, I pray that you would give us the grace to hear your word, the desire to honor you by heeding it. God, I I know that you want to bless us through the keeping of this commandment. So I pray, God, that we, we would respond, that we would hear and respond, not just in one ear out the other. We know that you are our loving Father and our provider. Give us rest, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.